So I'll be teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 8 today. And I had a, I had Jim, I had a Wayne read chapter 8, uh, verse 1 through verse 3. But um, I want us to understand the entire context of this chapter, and I'll be going over the entire context of this chapter for us. But, you know, one of the things that we, I'm sure that each and every single one of us, we probably know someone in our lives that basically know everything, right? There is someone in our life that knows everything, and they're, you know, we call them the know-it-alls. And, you know, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what you talk about, they always have an opinion about everything. And, the good th- and, and not only that, but they're always right on everything, right? <laughs> they're always right on everything. And a lot of times when you talk to them, you know, you, you can never get a word in. You can never get a word in because they love to hear their own opinions. They love to hear their own voice. They love to be right all the time. If you guys ask my wife, my wife will say that sometimes I'm like that too, right? <laughs> so um, I'm sure that, you know, each of, each of us, we have someone like that. And I'm sure that once in a while, you know, we're like that ourselves, you know? We're like that ourselves. Um, growing up in the church, one of the things that I often observe, one of the things that I often observe is that many times some people, when they don't know anything, they, they don't have any uh, spiritual knowledge or they don't have any biblical knowledge, a lot of times they're humble. But many times, many times, not everybody, but many times the more that they learn about the Bible, the more prideful they become. And the more prideful they become, the more their knowledge actually destroys the church rather, rather than building up the church. And so I talked to my older cousin about this before. I talked to him. I, I went to visit him, and I talked to him. He's a pastor. And I asked him, you know, brother, why is it that some people, why is it that some people, when they learn about the Word of God, when they learn about God, for some, they, be, they, they grow. They grow. They become more patient. They become um, more mature. But yet there are some people that when they, the more that they know, the more destruction or the more destructive they become. The more that they know about scriptures, the more that they know about God, the more destructive they become to the church, the more destructive they can become to other people. And why is that? And I, I asked my older cousin about that because, like I said, he's, he's been a pastor for 30, 40 years already. And he said, Chang, you, you know the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says. You know what Jesus Christ says. Because Jesus said that a good tree will bear good fruits and a bad tree will always bear bad fruits and so it put it put everything to perspective and it helped me understand exactly why is it that some people once they learn more about God once they know more about God they're able to build up the church but for some they actually become more destructive to the church they actually become more destructive to the church and so when, when we're talking about this I don't want us to think that knowledge is something that is negative that's something that's bad, that as Christians we shouldn't seek for knowledge. I don't want us to understand that. Because in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 we see Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 which is the first Bible verse that Wayne read for us. It says that without knowledge my people are destroyed. And so God is talking that to these people, to the Israelites and he's talking to them that if they that, that without the knowledge of God, that's what this is talking about without them knowing who God is, they are going to be destroyed. So God is saying that knowledge is good. Knowledge is good. So I don't want us to understand that what I'm talking about today is saying that knowledge is bad for us because God is saying here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, that knowledge is good. 
Because there are these people, the Israelites at that time, they, they, they were doing all the religious stuff that they needed to do, all the sacrifice, all the worship and things like that, but they weren't really seeking after God. They, didn't, they weren't really seeking after God. They didn't really care to know who God was. They, didn't, they, they weren't seeking to learn more and more about God. They weren't seeking to get closer to God. They were in love with, with their system, with the little religious system that they had at that time. They were in love with all the, the sacrifices, all the rituals that they were doing at that time. But they weren't in love with God. And so they were not seeking out God. They were not seeking out to know God. And so that's the reason why God came here in Hosea, to let them know that without knowing who I am, you can do all these things. You can do all these things in the temple. You can do all these sacrifices. You can have all these worship services. But without knowing who I am, you are going to be destroyed. Without knowing who I am, you're going to face nothing but destruction. So God is encouraging them in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, for them to know more about God. And many times in our own lives nowadays, many times we're kind of like that in a way. Many people, we come to church, we love the church organization. We love the things that we do in the church. We love the music. We love the worship atmosphere. We love the friendships that we build in the church. But do we truly, truly love God? Are we truly, truly seeking after God? Do we have that knowledge of God? Do we have the intimate relationship with God? And that's what God is talking about here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. And then when it comes, when it, when it came to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul is talking about something else. He's saying that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And then he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11, this is what he says in that verse. He says, so this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. You see, now the Apostle Paul is saying, well, in Hosea, God is saying, you need to seek out knowledge. And now the Apostle Paul is saying, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, saying that, but people, other people in the church, in the body, is being destroyed by your knowledge. By your knowledge. And that's a, that's a great, great difference there. And I'm sure that we are probably tired of hearing about the church of Corinth, right? We're probably tired of hearing about that church because we always hear about that church. That is the church that has the most problems in the Bible. It's all kinds of issues. The Apostle Paul went and he planted that church. He worked with that church. He trained the leaders in that church. He was there with the people of that church. And after he left them, after he left them, all these issues, all these problems started coming up, started arising in that church. All kinds of things were going on in that church. And so there was a group in that church that wrote a letter to the Apostle Paul. And 1 Corinthians here is a letter that, that the Apostle Paul is responding to the concerns that they have. So the Apostle Paul is responding to the concerns and the issues that they were having in that church. And in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 here, the Apostle Paul is talking about food that's being sacrificed to idols and whether or not Christians can eat these things. Now, I think as... as um, for our culture here, I don't think we can relate to that as, as much. The Hmong culture, they, they can really relate to that because they, they still have a lot of the, you know, the old religion. They still have a lot of 
you know, they still do the sacrifices and things like that. So I think they can relate a little bit better, better to this than maybe we can because we don't have a lot of that anymore. But the context here is about food being sacrificed to idols. And even though the exact context, we can't relate to the principles in this Bible verse, I think it's something that can help us, that can really help us to ensure that the knowledge that we have is not a knowledge that's destroying other people. It's not the knowledge that is destructive to the church, but that the knowledge that we have is actually a knowledge that actually builds up the church, that actually builds up the church. Okay? And so in the, in, at the time of the Corinthians, in the, here in this church, and here in the city of Corinthians, what, what was going on was that there was a lot of religious, you know, they were very, very religious people. And so they had all kinds of sacrifices, all kinds of worship to, to, um, to false gods and to idols and things of that sort. And so they would go into their temple, and every time they go into their temple, they would sacrifice animals, and they would give the best portion, the meat of the meats, the fat of the, of the meat, and they would give that to their gods, their idols, and they would place that on the altar. And then they would take whatever's left over, and they would take that into the market, and they would sell that food to the people of that time. And they would sell that food. And so that's why this issue came up in the church of Corinth. Is whether or not as Christians should we be buying, should we be buying and eating that type of food? Because it has already been sacrificed and it has already been offered to idols. And so that is the issue that's going on here. And we see there's two groups in here. As we read more about here in chapter 8, we see there are two groups in here. There is one group. There is one group in here that says, yes, you can eat it. And there's another group that says, no, absolutely not. You can't eat it. You can't eat it. And so that first group, the, the group in which the Apostle Paul is referring to as the group that knows or the stronger group, they're saying this is what they know. They know the, that an idol is absolutely nothing. They know that there's no such thing as an idol. It's just, it's just marble. It's just a rock. They, they turn into, it's just a statue that they worship. So it's absolutely nothing. It has no power at all. And so this group here, with this knowledge here, they also know that there is only one God. So they have this knowledge that there is only one God. And they have this knowledge that there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ. And so all these other things have no power. All these other idols, all these other false gods have no power at all. And so because they know that, they're able to eat that meat. They're able to eat that meat. And yet there's this other group, this other group who comes from a more superstitious background. They come from a more superstitious background, so they're more, they're more fearful of the food. They believe that that food has already been given to idols. It's already been offered to idols. So it's the food itself is now defiled and that you shouldn't eat it. Eating it is a sin. That's what they believe. And so the Apostle Paul is referring to them as a group that does not know as much, that they are the weaker, they have the weaker faith. And yet the Apostle Paul is going and he's saying to them, what is going on here is that this stronger group, this group that has this knowledge, instead of using that knowledge to build up this other group, their knowledge is actually destroying this other group. The knowledge that they had about God, 
the knowledge that they had about these idols is actually being destructive to the church. Because their knowledge was leading them towards pride. The knowledge that they had were leading them towards pride. They were becoming prideful with the knowledge that they had. And they were starting to look down on this weaker group. That this weaker group is not as, you know, they're, they're not as Christian as we are, right? A lot, of times, a lot of times in the church, we're kind of like that. You know, this person over here is not as Christian as I am. I'm more of a Christian than this person, or so forth. And so that's what they were doing. And they were starting to look down on this other group just because they have that knowledge. And because they were looking down on them, because they were becoming prideful with the knowledge that they had, instead of the, this group becoming stronger in their faith, they were actually pushing this group away from God. And were actually destroying the faith of that other group. And so that's why the Apostle Paul is saying that knowledge puffs up. When all you have is knowledge, when all you have is knowledge, all it's going to do, it's going to destroy you. It's just going to puff you up like, like, like a balloon that just keeps getting bigger and bigger to the point that it breaks. Bigger and bigger to the point that it pops and it destroys yourself. It destroys everybody. And so the Apostle Paul is making sure they understood exactly what was going on here. And he goes on and he says, the man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. He does not yet know as he ought to know. Because you see, they knew, they knew about, this, about God, right? They had that knowledge about God, but they didn't know everything yet. Why is that? Because they did not know how their actions and how their behavior and how their knowledge and the way they were going about it, they did not know exactly how that was affecting other people around them. They did not know that. So that's why Apostle Paul is saying, you know, but you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know as much as you think you know. You don't know as much as you, 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 you claim to know. And one of the things that we need to understand, you know, I go on Facebook a lot. Because <laughs> I sit at work, and a lot of times I have, you know, I'm, I'm always staring at the screen at work. Okay, I'm always monitoring the screen at work. And so when there's nothing going on, then I go to Facebook and just try to kill some time. And going on Facebook, a lot of times I see so many Christian, website, uh, Christian sites on Facebook. And man, those, some of those Christian sites are, wow. You look at some of those Christian sites, and all they do is fight all day. <laughs> all they do is fight all day about who's right and who's wrong, right? That's all they do. And sometimes I, you know, I get bored. I, I would say a couple of things just to, just to kind of troll them, I guess, you know, here and there. But, you know, you look at those sites, and a lot of times us as Christians, that's the knowledge that we have, and instead of, instead of building each other up, we use that knowledge against each other, and we debate all day, and we fight all day, and we become so divisive with the knowledge that we have. Your spiritual, mature, uh, spiritual knowledge, spiritual knowledge without spiritual maturity can be a dangerous, dangerous thing. I find, working with the youth for so many years, I find that many youth, you know, a lot of them are, you know, when, when they're still spiritually immature, and when they find out about a new doctrine, they find out about a new teaching that's, that's in the Scripture, man, 
they, be, they have so much zeal towards that doctrine. They have so much zeal towards that, that they, they need everybody to know about it, and they need everybody to agree with them about it. And they take that, and they, they go talk to everybody as though no one has ever heard about it before, right? You know? And a lot of times it's not helpful for them because they take that verse, you know, they take that new, new, new teaching that they have just found out about, and they go push it on other people, they push it on everybody, and as they continue to do this, you see they become more and more isolated from the church. They become more and more destructive to themselves because they have that knowledge. They discover something new, but they have yet to have that, that maturity in them to be able to take that and actually apply it in a way that can really help other people out. That can really help other people out. And so that's what I want us to understand today. What I really want us to understand today is that it's good to have knowledge. It's good to have knowledge, but don't let that knowledge lead us towards pride. And don't let that knowledge lead, lead us to the point where we are looking down on other people who may not have that same knowledge as we do. Okay? And with our knowledge, that we always need to remember that with our knowledge, that love must always accompany the knowledge that we have. And we must always apply that knowledge with love and with grace. With love and with grace. Guys, I want, to, I want, you guys to, I want us to understand one thing. That the church, inside the church, you have to exercise a lot of grace. You don't exercise a lot of grace, the church is going to... Yeah, the church is going, you know, the, the church, there's a lot of imperfect people in the church, you know. So there's a lot of grace that we have to exercise inside the church without grace without the exercise of that grace, without the exercise of love, the knowledge that we have is only going to lead, lead us towards destruction. Towards destruction. And so in verse, in verse 3, it goes on. It goes on and says, the, the, the Apostle Paul says, the man who loves God is known by God. So what he is basically saying here is he's saying that the more important thing, the more important thing here, it's not so much that you know God, but that God knows you, that God knows you. And how does God know us? Because we love God. We love God, and when we love God, we love each other. And when we have knowledge about God, and we exercise it in love towards one another, then God knows us, Then God knows us. And when God knows us, that's the important thing. That is the important thing. J.I. Packer says this. J.I. Packer says, What matters supremely is not, in the, na in the last analysis, the fact that I know God, but the larger fact that underlies it, the fact that he knows me, that he knows me. Now, how, how important is it? How important is it for God to know us? Jesus says in Matthew chapter, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 22, Jesus says this, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. You see how important it is for God to know us? Do you see how important it is for us to exercise our knowledge and love towards one another? Because if we simply have knowledge and we're not exercising that out of love, then that means God simply doesn't know us. God simply doesn't know us. And so the knowledge that we have must always be exercised in love. 
no matter what it is. And the Apostle Paul ends this chapter talking to us that, you know, he understands that, you know, um, idols and false gods and things like that. He understands that all of that, they have no power and things like that. He understands all of that. But he himself chooses not to eat this food. Not because it's a sin to eat this food, but because he understood and he understands that by eating this food, he will cause the weaker group to fall. He would cause destruction upon them. He would hurt their faith. And so he chooses not to eat because he's looking after this other group. And so he's exercising his knowledge out of love. You know, I know for us, a lot of times we talk about alcohol, and, and uh, I know some of us, we drink alcohol and things like that. So, I mean, we, can, we probably can't relate to idols and things of that sort, but with alcohol and stuff like that. A lot of us, we drink, some of us, we drink alcohol. Me, myself, I, I don't drink alcohol. And that's not because it's a sin. That's not because the, the Word of God is saying that you're, that, that you're a sinful person if you drink alcohol. The reason I don't drink is because I worked with the youth for a long time. And if I started drinking, they're going to start drinking too. And while I can control myself, I worry about them. They may not be able to control themselves. And so that's the reason why I don't drink. It's not because it's sinful or anything like that. And so that, I'm not saying that it's wrong for us to drink, but I'm just telling us that this principle is something that we can apply in our own lives. And that's how I've taken this, this principle and, and applied it to my own life when it, comes to, when it comes to alcohol and things of that sort. And so I pray that for all of us, that when, when we have knowledge, that we would exercise our knowledge in love and in grace to build each other up instead of causing destruction among each other. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Father. You have blessed us with so much knowledge. We thank you so much for that. One thing we desire, Father, is we desire to have a heart to love one another. And so we ask for that. We ask that you be with us and give us the wisdom and the love to be able to exercise this knowledge so that we may build each other up rather than destroying each other. And so, Father, I lift up the church to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.